I have to blank that part out. I need to make better jokes. You need to have like a screenshot of this and say, do not mention the name on this shirt. <laughs> you have a green shirt on it. It has a word and a rainbow. Yay. That's all you can say about it. I could change the word. I could say he's got a shirt on that says Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago with the big-ass rainbow on it. Yeah. Just tell them I'm shirtless and magnificent. How about that? There you go. Magnificent? That'll work. Magnificent Benji. Yeah, we're having lots of fun here in the United States of America. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but what is that saying? Like, first they came for the communists, and then I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist, blah, blah, blah. And then they came for me, and there's nobody to speak up for me. Well, the next step is my kids. Yeah. And that's scary. That's scary as hell. That is scary. We went to the protest up on Capitol Hill Friday, and there was a fuck ton of people there. There were thousands of people there. Wow. But despite those thousands of people, that's a very small percentage of the population. Should you stay and fight or move to a blue state? I say just move. I don't think that you can fight memes with votes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I know. It's complicated. My wife, she would lose her retirement. We would, you know, have to basically start from zero. You know, my youngest is 13 now. And so they'll be done here in just a few years. And so my main thing is telling my kids, hey, I love you. You should get the fuck out of here as soon as you can, which kind of is a sucky thing to have to tell your kids. You want your kids around. You want your kids to be close by. But I'm like, hey, you know what? This state, not so good. This country... Kind of shitty. You should go someplace else. Come to Australia. Yeah, or somewhere. There's a better than 90% chance of not getting shot when you go shopping. <laughs> well, that's nice. Or going to school. <laughs> like, I have thought about emigrating somewhere, but... It's not as easy as it sounds. No, it's not. And the fact of the matter is, I don't have a lot of marketable skills. I'm a stay-at-home parent. Yeah. Hey, can I apply to emigrate into your country? And they're like, and you can do what? <laughs> I, I can cook? Eh, eh, go fuck yourself. You know. I appreciate your skills, James. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Benji? In theory, we could move. I have skills that could be used in other places, probably not Australia necessarily, but other states at least. <laughs> My kids are established here and it's not so much like staying and fighting. Like I don't think writing letters to my right wing Congress person is going to make much difference in the next five to 10 years. No. Like Mike Lee or fucking Burgess Owens? Oh my God. Yeah, Burgess Owens is my guy. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, mine too. He is a fuckhead. Yeah. What a name, Burgess. He's a twat waffle. He's a Mormon convert, ex-NFL player. Wow. With a documented history of traumatic brain injuries and sketchy charities. Oh. But he's got an R. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Having cognitive issues are actually kind of a good thing now days in the Republican Party. It's true. So what I'm going to do is give some money. There are groups out there that are already established or being established Mm. specifically for the purpose of helping people who have a hard time doing that get to a place where they can obtain health care. And I will be very happy to use my white privilege to assist with that. Right. Yeah. The code word of the day is camping. Shh. Republicans (sighs) might hear this, man. Right. (laughs) 
That's true. But they'll probably still think we're talking about camping. Well, that's true. Republicans think they're really <laughs> fucking clever when they say, let's go, Brandon. So it's time for us to- Let's, let's go, go camping. camping. And by that, we mean banning man. <laughs> <laughs> no, by camping, it means going to one of our neighboring states that don't have complete and utter ban on abortions. Yep. On healthcare. It's healthcare. I mean- Yeah, it is healthcare. I mean, shut up, phone. Everybody wants you, James. It's like, I remember- being young and thinking about abortion and, you know, especially being raised Mormon. And wishing I was aborted. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, no, but like thinking about, oh, how bad, how evil you're killing a child. And my children, no, of course, never any possible way that I would get rid of my children. But my children were not children back then. They were a cluster of cells, uh-huh. which like my wife says, ruined her body. Honestly, it's not anybody else's business except no. for the person it's happening to. It's between you and your doctor. Yeah. A trained professional who actually knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Just the same as trans issues. Like you're talking about puberty blockers and stuff. Sure, it's got to be very careful how those things are meted out. But that's between you and a qualified health professional. It's not for your politicians to work it out. Here in the States, it's not just between you and a single doctor. You have to go and basically work with a team of people, psychological, physical. But as soon as these conservatives got involved, they're like, oh, you're messing with God's plan. Uh, Do you promise? Yeah. I love to mess with God's plan. One of my favorite books is called Good Omens. It's by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Rings a bell. They're talking about God and his ineffable plan, which is like basically God has a plan and he also has another plan behind that plan and then another (laughs) plan. So you can never actually know what the plan is. When you're talking to a religious person and you point out some fallacy in their logic, then they just go, oh, but it's this then. It just mutates. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with anxiety-based mental disorders. You'll solve one one problem logically and stop worrying about that and then it mutates to something else because there always has to be anxiety in an anxiety disorder all right <laughs> you never solve it no <laughs> unless you go on pills otherwise it wouldn't be an anxiety disorder exactly i saw the uh, amazon prime series based on the book the book's always better well i know it is but <laughs> who has the time though it moves and talks and i don't have to think as much yeah. No, it's enjoyable. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, the actors in it were great. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm, of course, yeah. drawing a complete blank on the actors. Michael, Michael, fuckface, and whoever. And else. Uh, former Doctor Who. Yes. Broadchurch. He was on Broadchurch. And he was on that superhero show with that hot little shorty. What's her name? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Michael Sheen and David Tennant. Thank you. David Tennant, yeah. Jesus H. Christ. He was like the bad guy on that show. Oh, yeah, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. John Ritter's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She does things to me, Jones. (laughs) She does things to me, too. She's a 10. There you go. Despite the lead actress being a 10, I gave up on it, actually. I haven't seen it, the story. I just didn't care. What about that comedy that she was in? Yes. Don't mess with the bee in apartment something or other. Oh, yeah. that was that, that show was show. fantastic. It was so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I wish she'd do more of that. Your governor, in response to the drought you've got there in Utah, got up in some press conference and suggested that all faiths should pray for rain. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not his job. That happened a while ago, I think. Well, I only saw it the other day. (laughs) How long ago did that happen? A couple months ago. That's so wacky. Why would a politician... Because we live in Utah. That's a priest's job. 
I mean, it's okay to suggest those things if you're a pastor. Go and tell your flock that. Go and pray, whatever. But not an elected official. Their job is to do other things about the rain. That's not how it works here. Yeah, we live in Utah, which has pretty much been a theocracy since its inception. Well, that needs to change. <laughs> yes, it does. I could picture the governors of some of the most liberal states in the country. I could picture a governor of Massachusetts saying that we should pray or California saying that. Still so fucked up. They're going to try to be doing other stuff, but yeah. that's baked into American politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys know that's really fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It just is what it is. Uh, Despite the fact that supposedly separation of church and religion, there's always been a litmus test to be mm. uh, elected as a politician here. You have to be schizophrenic or say that you are. Yeah, exactly. In order to get the job. And it used to be you had to be a very specific type of imaginary friend haver. You had to be a Protestant. And then when Kennedy was up and they're like, oh my God, he's a Catholic. The Pope's going to tell him what to do. Well, I'm ready to read if you guys are. Yep, let's get to it. This is the Book of Mosiah. I'm so excited. Don't be. I'm sure it'll get beaten out of me soon. (laughs) Mosiah, by the way, is Hebrew for made-up name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Which seems kind of odd to me, but all right, you know, I'm not trying to judge. It's hilarious. You type into Google Mosiah, and you know what comes up? Isaiah? No. Only Mormon links. Uh, (laughs) You're not going to find that fucking name anywhere else. Uh, Do you know any people called Mosiah? Yes, I live in Utah. Oh my God. There's a bunch of them. That's bonkers. Yeah, Mormons love to name their kids Book of Mormon names. It's less so now. Mm. Now they just take a regular name like Kathy and spell it with a C, a K, and two L's for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's the weird spellings that are popular these days. They're trying to stand out amongst so much conformity. Interesting, isn't it? Preamble, chapter one. King Benjamin teaches his sons the language and prophecies of their fathers, which against all odds are not Hebrew. Their religion and civilization have been preserved because of the records kept on the various plates. Mosiah is chosen as king and is given custody of the records and other things. Oh, he's given custody of other things? Mm-hmm. About 130 to 124 BC. What's he given custody of, I wonder? Leahona. Probably King Benjamin's concubines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went with uh, what would it actually be, and Benjamin went with uh, what would be a dirty thing to say. We got both bases covered there. I think you've just described in one sentence the entire dynamic here. (laughs) Probably so. Verse one. And now there was no more contention in all the land of Zarahemla among all the people who belonged to King Benjamin, so that King Benjamin had continual peace all the remainder of his days. Lucky king. And it came to pass that he had three sons. And he called their names Mosiah and Helaram, Loram, (laughs) and Helaman. He was a hell of a man, that guy. That was the inspiration for He-Man, little known fact. Helaman and the masters of the... Uh, Zarahemla. <laughs> That's right. The masters of the heartland and or Central America. By the power of the Liahona. <laughs> I have the power. And he caused that they should be taught in all the language of his fathers, that thereby they might become men of understanding and that they might know concerning the prophecies which had been spoken by the mouths of their fathers, which were then delivered them by the hand of the Lord. I feel like maybe that's not right. The whole book? I'm going to rewrite that. 
and that they might know concerning the prophecies which had been pulled out of the ass of <laughs> Joseph Smith, which were delivered them by the hand of Lucy Mack, baby. Yes. Fixed it. Thank you, Brother Benjamin, for your rewriting of this holy scripture. (laughs) Verse 3. And he also taught them concerning the records which were engraven on the plates of brass. Plates of ass. There you go. I like that. My sons, I would that ye should remember that were it not for these plates which contain these records and these commandments, we must have eaten off our laps. (laughs) Excuse me. We must have suffered in ignorance, even at this present time, not knowing the mysteries of God. I should just get you to talk whenever King Benjamin says something. Then he would be reading pretty much... The whole fucking thing. (laughs) Yeah, like two or three entire chapters, I think, are only King Benjamin yapping on. Yeah, let's not do that. That's a bad idea. Sometimes I have bad ideas. Yes. (laughs) Like doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, verse four. For it were not possible that our father, Lehi, could have remembered all these things, to have taught them to his children, except it were for the help of these plates. For he, having been taught in the language of the Egyptians, for some unknown fucking reason, therefore he could read these engravings and teach them to his children, that thereby they could teach them to their children. (sighs) And so fulfilling the commandments of God, even down to the present time. See, the problem is, is if you believe that the Bible is true, if you believe Jewish people really did live in Egypt as slaves for generations, then you could buy this, oh, well, they wrote in Egyptian for some reason. Never mind, it was like a thousand years before Lehi even left. I know, right? I don't get it. I don't understand. It's annoying. I mean, there was no one amongst the Hebrews speaking and writing Egyptian at this point, even if they were in the past. It just doesn't make sense. Exactly. Hieroglyphics were very widely used uh in egypt you know and i'm sure probably it was written you know in trades but maybe ambassadors and stuff the jewish people had their own language why would they be writing in another culture's written language they wouldn't no (laughs) maybe hieroglyphics are just slightly more chink friendly all right perhaps yeah he did like to chink away he had to pick a chink language Oh, that sounds really racist. That's it really truly does. racist. Yeah. Just, <laughs> our apologies to people of Asian descent. We did not intend that. I think we should call it etching or something. Yeah. Etching. Have you ever seen like representations of what the reformed Egyptian was supposed to look like? I heard about this on Mormon stories. Apparently, there's like one character for every character in our 26-letter alphabet. Yeah. That should be an amazing red flag right there, but apparently nobody cared. No, of course not. And also, according to Joseph, it wasn't a phonetic language. Like, one character contained an entire paragraph. Yeah, right? That doesn't make sense at all. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I haven't actually recently looked at the chart, but I've got a hankering to do that after this. Yeah, you should definitely take a look at it because it's redonkulous. Verse 5. I say unto you, my sons, were it not for these things, which have been kept and preserved by the hands of God, that we might read and understand of his mysteries, and have his commandments always before our eyes, that even our fathers would have dwindled in unbelief, and we should have been like unto our brethren, the Lamanites, who know nothing. (gasps) 
concerning these things, <laughs> this is still the same fucking sentence we started out with. Or even, do not believe them when they are taught them because of the traditions of their fathers, which are not correct. That's right. Verse 6. Oh, my sons, I would that ye should remember that these sayings are true, and also that these records are true. Hey, there's a period. <laughs> and behold, also the plates of Nephi which contain the records and sayings of our fathers from the time they left Jerusalem until now. And they are true, semicolon, and we can know of their surety because we have them before our eyes. Uh, Period. Cool. And now, my sons, I would that ye should remember to search them diligently, that ye may profit thereby. Ooh, profit! Mm -hmm. Opportunity! I wonder which rule of acquisition this is. Smitty's rule of acquisition. He must have been a Ferengi, you know. He was definitely a Ferengi. <laughs> in a former life. Mm -hmm. Benjamin's just like, ah, oh, not this shit. <laughs> mm, <no>. Patience, that's really uncool. <laughs> profit thereby, and I would that ye should keep the commandments of God. Why is he telling the key? Everyone knows you got to keep the commandments. You don't have to say it all the time. We get it. That ye may prosper in the land according to the promises which the Lord made unto our fathers. Verse 8. And many more things did King Benji teach his sons, which are not written in this book. Well, that was a short one. Verse 9. And it came to pass that after King Benji had made an end of teaching his sons that he waxed old <laughs> and he saw that he must very soon go the way of all the earth. Does that mean die? Yep. Therefore, he thought it expedient that he should confer the kingdom upon one of his sons. All right, take it away, Brother Benjamin. Verse 10, Therefore he had Mosiah brought before him, and these are the words which he spake unto him, saying, My son, I would that ye should make a proclamation throughout all this land, among all this people, for the people of Zarahemla and the people of Mosiah which is you who dwell in the land, that therefore they may be gathered together. For on the morrow I shall proclaim unto this my people out of mine own mouth and also mine own other orifice that thou art a king <laughs> and a ruler over this people whom the Lord our God hath given us. He could have just left it at king because, you know, it's difficult to engrave on the plates, right? Easier than you would think, apparently. What I want to know is, aren't the people of Mosiah and the people of Zarahemla already the same, living in the one area? Well, yes and no, because Mosiah and his group, remember, they split off from the main Nephite group and found the city of Zarahemla. Oh, right, right. And remember, they didn't have the brass plates to retain the teachings of their father, even though they left around the same time. And somehow their language had changed. So technically, we got two groups here that are kind of melded together. They came in and they liked Mosiah and his funky accent so much that they made him the king. Funky, cold Mosiah. And then his son, Benjamin, became the king. Talking to Mosiah too about Mosiah 1, Mm -hmm. Right. So is he like giving us the detailed version of what was told at the end of... The last 116 pages? Because we found out that they all came together and then they found some rock that has some shit on it and then they... A callback. <laughs> the record that's on that rock, that happens in Jared. So they've gone back in time just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. Just stuff we've already talked about. Okay. okay yeah. Verse 11, I believe. And moreover, I shall give this people a name. <laughs> 
that thereby they may be distinguished above all the people which the Lord God hath brought out of the land of Jerusalem. And this I do, because they have been a diligent people in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Therefore I shall call them the Benjamites. Very creative. Uh, Would have been better what they do call them, I think. Oh, what do they call them? Oh, God, here we go. Oh, we'll get there in a sec. No spoilers. (laughs) All right. And I give unto them a name that shall never be blotted out, except it be through transgression. It's mostly wanking. Uh. Verse 13. Yea, and moreover, I say unto you, that if this highly favored people of the Lord should fall into transgression and become a wicked and adulterous people, that the Lord will deliver them up, that thereby they become weak like unto their brethren, and he will no more preserve them by his matchless and marvelous power, as he has hitherto preserved our fathers. God, I hate that word. Ben, when you hear the word hitherto, what do you think? Like, what's the first thing you think of? The Book of Mormon at this Mm. point, probably? For me, it's going through the temple. They use that word so much in the temple presentation. Verse 14, For I say unto you, that if he had not extended his arm in the preservation of our fathers, they must have fallen into the hands of the Lamanites and become victims to their hatred. Verse 15, And it came to pass that after King Benjamin had made an end of these sayings to his son, that he gave him charge concerning all the affairs of the kingdom. He gave his son charge, but what's his son's name? Is it Mosiah? Yeah. It is Mosiah. It's son Mosiah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how are we supposed to know that? He tells us earlier in the chapter. He does? Yeah. Verse 10. Oh, and their names are Mosiah and Halorim and Halaman. Oh. That was verse 8 or something. Verse 10, he says, Therefore he had Mosiah brought before him, and these are the words he spake unto him, saying, Hey, you fucker. Blah, blah, blah. Just like Mark Twain said, it's chloroform in print. Mm-hmm. He says stuff, and it just doesn't go in. Nope. It just kind of dribbles off the surface of your brain. <laughs> It doesn't stick. It's time to take us home, patience. Hurry up, patience! And moreover, he also gave him charge. What sort of charge? Positive or negative, Smitty? Concerning the records which are engraven on the plates of brass, and also the plates of Nephi, and also the sword of Laban, and the ball or director which led our fathers through the wilderness, which was prepared by the hand of the Lord, that thereby they might be led, everyone according to the heed and diligence which they gave unto him uh, the ball or director it was introduced way back when and then it just didn't get mentioned mm-hmm. like you'd think that it would be more central to every fucking thing you would think that but that's something that he would have to keep track of yeah. and it was used right up until they got to the new world and they're like I guess they put it in a box underneath <laughs> their prehistoric playboys or something it's my Leona in a box <laughs> I think it looks like a dildo. Mm. I guess that's not exactly spherical, but it could be. No, I mean, you've got to use your imagination. I mean, you've got to use your imagination anyway, haven't you? Well, that's the only way you're going to get through this book. That's the only way you're going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Verse 17. Therefore, as they were unfaithful, they did not prosper nor progress in their journey, but were driven back and incurred the displeasure of God upon them. And therefore, they were smitten with famine and sore afflictions to stir them up in remembrance of their duty. Verse 18. Now it came to pass that Mosiah went and did as his father had commanded him, and 
and proclaimed unto all the people who were in the land of Zarahemla that thereby they might gather themselves together to go up to the temple. Oh, that's right. They've built a temple. Yes, they have. They just sort of mentioned it, I think. They didn't really talk about any building of it. No, but remember, <sighs> this is only the most precious parts. So we just fill in the rest with our imagination. you got to have imagination with Mormonism. Mm -hmm. You just said that. You I just, just said did. That. Oh, I'm confirming my own rhetoric. Go up to the temple to hear the words which his father should speak unto them. I wonder what they were doing in that temple. Right. Offerings of tapirs and... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly wasn't sheep, was it? No. <laughs> we do have what we call bighorn sheep here in the Americas, so maybe they were sacrificing bighorn sheep. In the Bible, it talks about an unblemished lamb and all of that. How do you pick the finest tape here? Really silky fur. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's those uh, nutrias that they herded. You know, those giant <laughs> rodents. Yum. Just packs of them. <laughs> They're so cute. My wife and I are watching Mormon No More on Hulu. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. We're about halfway through it now. Is it basically just lots of stories of ex-Mormons? It follows these two women who were married Mormons and who raised kids and then fell in love with each other. And it basically is going over their story, their blended family. And then what it does, it actually brings in other people. I think they've all been LGBTQ plus folks and how they've dealt with being Mormon. But actually in episode two, if you look really carefully in one shot, you can see the top of my head and my car because they actually were there when we did the lighting of the Y oh, back in really? March. I didn't know that this was what they're going to do, but that was the documentary crew that was there. Wow. Yeah, so. That's cool. Well done. Almost famous. Almost famous. It was a drone <laughs> shot from above. <laughs> the funny thing is my daughter and I noticed it immediately. Like, oh, Dad, there you are. I'm like, yep, that's me. And my wife's like, where? And we had to rewind it like four times. Zoom in. Enhance. Right. No, I have a 72-inch <laughs> widescreen TV in my room, and I literally had to walk up to it and point to where I was before my wife could see where it was. And we'll have to hear about your Burning Man experience. Let's save that. <laughs> save it for when Gigi's there. I'm sure she'll have plenty to say. Did you see those pictures of her at Universal Studios with her nieces and nephews? She looks so happy yeah. when she's having fun <laughs> at a theme park. I don't think I've seen that smile look so genuine before. <laughs> I'll let you get back to your partners. Thank you very much for helping me record this glitch episode, and I'll see you next time. See you next time. All right, take it easy. Bye.